This episode is brought to you by ABC. Station 19 is back for its final and hottest season yet. Andy finally becomes captain, and she's going to give it her all to be the best leader this station has ever seen. Will she succeed? Get ready for fiery new romances and high adrenaline rescues. Watch the Station 19 season premiere tonight at a new time, 10, 9 central on ABC and stream on Hulu. What's up and welcome back to the Kind of Funny Screencast. Of course, I'm Tim Geddes and I'm joined by the big dog, Kevin Coelho. What's up, dudes? And the Nitro Rifle, Andy Cortez. Good morning. Andy, that shirt's fantastic, man. Thank it's you. It's just good. Show it Thank off you. a little bit, you know? Yeah. Let the kids Thank see. You. Wow. Very, very wow. Much. It is, uh, boy, it, it's hot in San Francisco. It's a scorcher. It's, it's what they scorcher. say. scorcher. Man, Andy, it's how, a hot one. How hot does your thermometer say? What are we getting? Well, I've got the AC popping and stopping and locking and dropping. So right now it's 77.7. Okay. All right. Could be worse. I got my fan three feet away from me just blasting me. Yeah. (laughs) It feels good. My left side's feeling nice. The AC is working overtime. Kev? Oh, no. I just got a fan over here and several back there. (laughs) Yeah. 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 Kev? Big fan of fans. Of course, this is kind of funny screencast reached in every week. We get together to talk about the latest in TV, movies, and trailers. Of course, you could watch it on youtube.com slash kind of funny or roosterteeth.com. If you wanted to get it as a podcast, you just got to search your favorite podcast service for kind of funny screencast, and we'll be right there for you. And I highly recommend that you do that and subscribe wherever is most convenient to you, whether it's watching on YouTube or listening to your favorite podcast service. A subscription goes a long way, especially because this show is popping off right now. I keep saying it, but we're doing weekly reactions to She-Hulk, to Lord of the Rings, the Rings of Power, to this show, Game of Thrones, Hot D. Um, and soon we're going to be adding Andor, the Star Wars show on Disney Plus to that list. So all of that's very exciting stuff. You can watch episode one of Lord of the Rings right now over on youtube.com slash kind of funny and podcast services. Andy, how did it go? You host it. It's a rare, rare time of Andy Cortez hosting a show. Went great. I had, uh, unfortunately, Lucy James couldn't make it. She was a little bit sick, so it was me and Elise running the show. Uh, you know, it, it, with how convoluted and confusing these fantasy shows can be, it was it started off a little tough, right? Uh, just me hosting the show. It's not something I often do, but I feel like we found our stride. And I think we were worried about, you know, uh, well, we have to like kind of maybe hit this time limit. And we blew right past it because we just love uh, the content of these shows. Um, so, man, I I am so excited that every week we get a new episode of Game of Thrones, a new episode of Lord of the Rings. Like, it's a really Wild. awesome time. Yeah. It really is an awesome. I still haven't had the chance to sit down and watch it. It's been a really busy weekend, but I'm excited to, to give it a shot. I'm seeing clips on Twitter go around. I'm like, this show looks dope as shit. Dude, like, the production values, the production value is insane. Like every shot looks like it's been pulled out of like a brand new movie. It's it's at, like that's where the budget went. And oh, I, man, yeah, that budget makes a big difference. Kevin, I had told Tim and really I'm telling anybody who isn't even interested in the show that it's almost like Avatar, the movie. Like, even if you're, you don't care about watching those movies in theaters, uh, back when the first one came out, you go just because of the spectacle aspect of it. And I've been, I told Tim, and I've been telling a lot of other people, even if you're not interested, watch the first 10 minutes, 
because the, it, it just feels like a movie. It doesn't feel like television mm-hmm. at all. Um, yeah. yeah, it's it's a beautiful show. Yeah, that's it's awesome. it's, that's it's awesome. funny to like shockingly like sometimes I'll be watching it and be like, huh, like I feel like in the hot like when they made the Hobbit like this this didn't look this good yeah. and it's like I think maybe if it looked this good it would have helped it you know yeah yeah but Kev do you think that it looks as good as Clerks three that we're watching next week doggy dog oh my Whoa. god is that next week holy <laughs> shit yeah, dude well, we'll have the, to the, see that's the thing they heard the Lord of the Rings is coming out and Kevin Smith is like oh I'm about to throw some ones <laughs> oh, it's, it's all politics you know I thought you were gonna but, say does it do you think it looks good, as good as his hot D. I thought that's where you're going to go with that. Well, that that is the, that is another question. Today, of course, we are talking about Game of Thrones, House of the Dragon. But first, I want to get a little housekeeping out of the way. Shout out to our Patreon producers, Fargo Brady and Molecule. Remember, you can go to patreon.com slash kindoffunny to support this show, where you can then watch it uh, live as we record it and ad-free. And we got some fun stuff going on. Right now on, on kindoffunny.com slash store, we have a new blue camo hoodie that just uh, came out, and it is hot as hell, so you can check that out. Uh, we also have our new september platinum item on both the patreon pages it is a kf icon sticker pack pretty damn cool a little different than things we've done before but there's icons that represent each one of us uh in different ways so go check out patreon.com slash platinum or no no no, kind of funny.com slash platinum right now to see what we got cooking up there because it's a lot of fun uh and then the most important bit of housekeeping uh if you're watching this today this is the 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 prelude to this is happening otherwise tomorrow the main event's going on football season is here and andy and mike are excited to be your play-by-play announcers for the niner season your favorite gaming personalities are scattered all throughout the league be a part of team kf on the niners or join another team of the league in hopes of to stop our chances at winning the championship. You can find out on today's stream after kind of funny games daily on twitch.tv slash kind of funny games. Andy, any quick things you want to say about that? You've been working really hard on this. I mean, I think KFW with a bit more green screen bits that me and Mike will be doing. Uh, I I'm very excited for it. It's going to be an exciting season. And uh, last night there were some big roster changes decided to move all the giant bomb crew to the Raiders uh, Ooh, like because that. we didn't we didn't play the Browns at all. The Niners would not be playing the Browns. All of Kind of Funny are on the Niners because we're local here. And uh, so I moved all the Giant Bomb crew, uh, Dan Riker, Jeff Grubb at quarterback. We got uh, Lucy James and Tam on the Raiders now joining Michael Hyman in Ron Khan. So it's going to it's it, we at least play them this season. And it's going to be a very exciting matchup. Hell Yes. Um, and then the last little thing I got for you today, we are brought to you by ExpressVPN and Chime, but I'll tell you about that later. Let's get right into it. Big Kev Dog, what do you think of episode three of House of the Dragon? Uh, man, this show just continues to get better and better. I thought that, like, I I have some questions about the time jump because it seems like maybe around two years or something. But, like, it's wild, and I was having such a fun time, and the ending of it is very strong, and that that fight sequence so dope all right like the, just the whole battle at the end oh my god i'm so in i'm so in please just stay good as old like just stay good you know keep like why can't game of thrones only be this you know andy cortez i'm on that same boat um it's a phenomenal episode another great episode that ends with that sort of classical Game of Thrones tension that we love and crave and have missed for so many years now. Um, even though you 
kind of assume and you kind of know that nothing is bad nothing bad is going to happen to you know uh what's his face damon. damon running at the very very end running towards this crab guy crabby patty um it is still just i think filmed perfectly great and the tension is awesome and uh i don't know it's just, i think it's like the perfect way to sort of end an episode and cement himself as like yeah you need to worry about this guy this isn't just some villain who has been sort of all talk so far <laughs> um and in that moment though does what game of thrones does best he's not somebody that we're rooting against he's somebody we're rooting for in that moment and uh they just always do such a great job with sort of changing roles and you think someone's a bad guy and they are overall still 99% a piece of shit but you still end up rooting for the bad guy in those moments um i still love all the politics having happening behind um with everybody else at house targaryen it's kind of like i feel like it's well treaded waters so far with Rhaenyra's sort of story and I, I you know I don't want a husband I want to like I, I feel like we've had that in fiction quite a bit um but it's still working for me no other really issues for me there I think the episode is fantastic and I'm more stoked for episode four now yeah Andy picking up off that just the the negative side I'm overall very very high on this but I am a little bit let down that Game of Thrones is delivering me Oh, you're my daughter, and you must marry to continue the lineage. It's like, oh, dude, like you, you're you're supposed to be better than this fantasy wise. And I know that the original series included elements of that as well, but for this to be so focused on it, it it kind of just feels like well-treaded territory that like we know, and I'm hoping that we can get through that or at least add deeper layers to it uh, sooner than later. Because now I'm starting to be like, all right, this is definitely the least interesting level of politics that this show has given me um and they're really doubling down on it but i think that's kind of what the the time jumps might be used for is to like cool we're gonna that's the arc that we're dealing with now and then we'll kind of get through that as decisions are made on who she marries or what ha ends up happening with the line of secession and all that um but besides that my freaking god i just don't think it's gonna get old for me to talk about how Game of Thrones is back because it really is. And every single week they keep surprising me that they can make me feel this way that a TV show never has before. Game of Thrones has this uniquely captivating element to it that I do think is the all-in-ness of the production quality and the costume designs and the music and everything. And once that theme hits in the beginning, like once even the HBO little logo splash thing happens, I'm sitting there like, I don't care if this is 50 minutes or three hours. Like I'm going to be captivated without looking at my phone once without anything. Right. Like it is just so all in what's up, Andy. You know, I'm a fan of variants, right, Tim? Oh yeah. Like the hottest take of the century right here. So I'm, I'll, I'm prepared to get the hate. I'd love for the game of Thrones musical theme to be changed up by 5%, maybe 10% with just like, a different element that doesn't make it sound identical because so far it does sound fairly identical i'd love like a tiniest bit of change in the way that we had during rocky and review or sometimes it would like move with the eras a little too I'm looking far for, <laughs> i'm looking for the tiniest bit of change. you want some 90s hip-hop beats yeah exactly exactly uh no uh, i'm just looking for the tiniest bit of change in the game of thrones music theme because i i just wish it was like oh yeah this is the song but uh, maybe there's some percussion here. There's some whatever here. Or there's some strings here. Just a, just a little tiny, little baby bit. Do we think the map that we're going through 
is old Valeria. Seems like it, right? Yeah. With all those like rivery sections that remind me of the jet ski thing from Uncharted One. <laughs> mm, mm. Yeah. Yeah. A, a, a similar a similar river of blood in the way that we always <laughs> die in that so in those exactly. Sections, yeah. That's so true. Uh you're not wrong. You know, obviously, I am also the biggest fan of, of musical variants in the entire world. Like, I, I, I'm all about that. However, I just think the Game of Thrones theme is just one of those things where it's like it's actual perfection. And have fun with it in the show. Have fun with the little like different oh, versions yeah. and piano like motif here or whatever. But I love that they commit to it. And like, I know that it's a divisive thing. Some people, are like, oh, it's fucking lazy. It ain't lazy when it's this damn good. And again, I said this uh, last week, but. I feel like there's a consistency where they're like, we know what we got with this. Like, this is the Westeros theme song. It's not just the Game of Thrones theme song. So I'm all in. I, I fucking love it. it. It just gets me going so, so well, man. Uh, but this episode was just great because similar to last week's where we got that standoff of the dragons on the bridge, this feels like the things I liked most from the later seasons of Thrones mixed with the smaller, more personal things of the earlier seasons of, of Thrones with the, the characters and stuff. And they're really delivering on that. And I didn't expect to get this full-scale fight in this episode, and let alone for it to be this good. And this reminiscent of Battle of the Bastards, one of the greatest episodes there ever was. And a different take on it. Like, having this, this bad guy just kind of be the dominant force. Like, we haven't really had that perspective before. And I love that normally when we see these, like, war situations, we're following... Jon Snow we're following this underdog up against like one versus many this is different where it's like we are following the the provocateur of this whole thing like we're following the the aggressor of this and it felt like Captain America in the beginning of Winter Soldier running through on the boat just fucking everybody up it was like yo this is this is really cool and you know the him getting shot with the arrows and stuff like there was a level of I didn't I never thought he was actually gonna die but there was a moment where I'm like what is the end game of this? Like, maybe this doesn't go the way I think it does. Mm -hmm. And um, no matter what I thought, I did not expect him to come out with Crab Man's slain Torso. body, like the way yeah. it was. Like, that was wild to me. I really did not expect that. But uh, also, I what a great job of setting up this villain without... Do I just feel like we saw so little of him. We heard a lot about the Crab Man. It was a lot of, you know, tell, don't show... <laughs> with crab guy and we were it that still didn't matter to me we get to that end sequence and he's still a big bad just because of the amount that they talked about him those small little glimpses that we saw the i guess just like the visuals that he has like this sort of dragon scale burnt body like I don't know what the hell is actually going on with him and his skin. Um, but it looks like there's like a lot of like some burnt areas, but it does look like the grayscale sort of thing happening, like we mentioned last week. And then that paired with the mask, this is like this guy looks more than human, right? This guy looks like something else, something otherworldly. And we didn't need a whole lot of episodes showing him and talking about him. He was not the main issue with a lot of these episodes. We knew that we'd get him eventually. And then when it happens, it's as awesome as if we were cutting to him every other sequence and seeing him with his, like, people. Like, it it, it still worked incredibly well. What's up, Kev? Uh, yeah, I was just going to say, like, it, like, I feel like what they're setting up and how they're using the time jump seems brilliant, where it's like, 
hey, like this is a problem. We're going to talk about it heavily. And then he's going to go and, and solve it, right? And then cut to two years later. Now, what are the consequences? The seahorses, like, uh, Navy has been decimated. Uh, Damon looks like an idiot to everyone. He's losing the respect of the people that, like, brought him out. And it's it's not about those, um, you know, it's it's like it's crazy how they can focus on the political aspects of it and not the individual characters. Like I, I was saying last episode we were doing this where it's like I don't want to get too much more of this dude. And we didn't like we got the perfect amount of like, right. yeah, hey, remember this threat we've been talking about the last two episodes? Now we're going to have a cool fight sequence that like you don't even get to see. But like the consequences tell you about like how deranged, you know. Uh, Damon is and even him like being like oh hey uh, rescue's coming and he's like fuck this noise I'm gonna go and solve shit it like we're getting like they're doing such a good job of being like hey let's boil down these characters and get like get you to like know them as quick as possible and it's I, I'm very impressed with, with everything I do have some questions with the time jump where like the was that the little kid from the last episode um, what's his name? Hold on. Valerian, Val, Val the seahorse's, uh, son. We saw him in the last episode when they introduced, like, the daughter. See, and I didn't in, remember, I didn't remember oh. seeing the son. Um, yeah, and they, I'm they sure were, they did show him. I yeah. just have a bad memory. But when they mentioned, how about you marry, uh, Le, 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 Lenor, Lenor, I think? yeah, Lenor or whatever. I was like, oh, they have a son. I, I'm sure they showed that. I just don't remember it with all the other elements happening. I, I believe that they're twins. Like they're the the same age. So like, if that is the son who was talking to the uncle or the the brother of the seahorse and was calling him uncle, um, I, I just like to me that's like, well, that's a lot of growth for two years. More it looks more like six years because that that kid's pretty full grown. Also, who was riding the second dragon? Does anybody know? Was that supposed to oh, be? Oh, that was the son. That was that, that was that, uh, that was the son who was just like was, okay. That was I Corliss's I, son. Yeah. Okay. Okay. That's cool. The one that I'm assuming that you think is the twin, which yeah, I didn't think it was a twin because he again, yeah, the age does seem to make him be a lot older than because we saw the the young daughter that they Corliss's daughter that they wanted. To mm -hmm. marry uh, Viserys. Who was 12 at the time. And she was 12. Yeah, this guy doesn't look like a 14-year-old now. Um, if they are, in fact, twins. I, I never got the... It's a rough 14, though, maybe. You know what I mean? I, I never also, the got white the... hair does yeah. change a little bit. Yeah. He doesn't look 14, though. That he, is yeah, he looks sure. way more, yeah, I mean, like, he... closer to 20, I would say. Um, I, I would believe 16. Like, it looks like he doubled in size, if that is him from the first. Big kid. Yeah, I don't. I don't know that they've said in the show that they're twins at all. Uh, that's more of like previous knowledge. That I, yeah. So the maybe only twins it's we different. got in this were the Lannisters, including Jason Lannister. I was dying when they said his name was Jason. I was just, like, I know, I know, we've gotten Robert Baratheon and stuff before, but just getting Jason in the show was almost as funny as the camera padding over. I just this fucking punk, y'all. I was dying seeing this punk it felt like a starbucks cup like it felt like that's like somebody got this wrong like that's, it just did really not good. have we ever seen a dog like that in this like we got hounds and things like we yeah. got wolves we never got this fucking punk. 
and, and also oh. to think that like over the years pugs have been bred and they've become yeah. less and less sustainable and like the fact that it looks like that back then was i think really funny it, it, that's definitely like the biggest uh you know like movie mishaps movie mistakes <laughs> like it's like so oh they funny. have a pug in there they shouldn't have a pug in there <laughs> uh, uh, i'm reading right here that sir lenor valerian was the only son of of Lord Corliss Valeria. Now, this is, like, from the actual wiki. This isn't, yeah. like, maybe maybe HBO ended up changing stuff. Uh, the only son of Corliss and Rhaenys Targaryen. He was heir to the Driftmark. Um, Rhaenyra gave birth to three sons during their marriage. Jaceris, Lucerys, and Joffrey. Although it was rumored that they had been fathered by Rhaenyra's lover instead of Lenor. He was a dragon rider whose dragon was Sea Smoke. That's sick. cool. That's mm. so sick. But yeah, it doesn't say anything here about him having a sister named Lena. I mean, he definitely has a sister named Lena, right? That's the one they tried to marry her. Well, that's like in the show is what I'm saying. But yeah, this is like a wiki of ice and fire. This is like not the HBO version of things. Yeah, so. I'm pretty sure that in, in the books that um, they're twins. Oh, yeah. He had one older sister, Lena. So he's supposed to be younger than Lena. Well, <laughs> There's no shot. Oh. They, that's definitely something they changed. Yeah, must be. Uh, before we keep talking about this, though, let me tell you about our sponsors. This episode is brought to you by ExpressVPN. Using the internet without ExpressVPN is like checking in your baggage at the airport without a lock. You don't know who's looking through all your stuff, finding all of your Nintendo Switches, your PlayStation Vitas, or all the other things that you're hiding in there. When you go online without a VPN, internet service providers, ISPs, can see every single website you visit. They can legally sell this information without your consent. Nobody wants that. That sounds like a bad time for everybody. You can browse more anonymous it's easy to use and it works on all devices. I love ExpressVPN. It is super simple to use. I feel safe across all of my devices, knowing that whether I'm on my desktop or my mobile phone, people aren't getting in there. I'm safe on the internet and what I look at, what I browse, that's mine. That's for me to know. Secure your online activity by visiting expressvpn.com slash kindoffunny today. That's E-X-P-R-E-S-S-V-P-N.com slash kindoffunny. And you can get an extra three months free. Expressvpn.com slash kindoffunny funny next up shout out to chime like a cool breeze chime is a refreshing way to handle your money there's no monthly fees no maintenance fees and no minimum balance fees so it's how banking should be done and when you need access to your money you can do so fee free at more than sixty thousand in network atms at many locations like most walgreens or 7-elevens you can also send money to anyone even if they aren't on chime fee free for you and no cash out fees for them chime no monthly fees no vibe killing fees sign up for a chime checking account it only takes two minutes and it doesn't affect your credit score you can get started at chime.com slash kf games that's chime.com slash kf games chime is a financial technology company not a bank banking services provided by a debit card issued by the Bancorp bank or stride bank and a members fdic out of network atm withdrawal fees apply except at money pass atm in a 7-eleven location and at all all point or visa plus alliance ATM. Other fees such as third-party and cash deposit fees may apply. Chime.com slash KF Games. Tim, what do you think about this second baby? Allison's I mean, got I, cooking. Yeah, I mean, I don't, I don't know. 
I don't know what do you mean. What do I think about it? I think that it's just kind of them showing that like they're they're all in, like the they're back to normal. Like it's let's just pump out as many boys as possible and see what happens. Type. I just mean, yeah, normal, that's what I would do. Like, wow, they're all in. They're committing. Well, yeah, yeah but it, like it's interesting because it seems like um, the king and uh, Alicent are both like, yeah, you know, the crown is hers. Uh, like it, the the king doesn't seem to be deviating at all. In fact, we get auto deviating more than anyone. Uh, like being like, "Hey, man, you got to tell him what's up." Um, so it, it's interesting. On like, is is Otto going to double down or what's going to happen there? That's what I'm most curious what? about right now. I feel like Otto's always been on the same track. It's oh just yeah, like, yeah. Is is he lying or not to the people he's talking to? Whereas with the the king, I thought this episode they did a really good job with his character of making me hate him and then love him. You know what I mean? Like doing the Game of Thrones thing where there's multiple conversations and you see like there are there there was the moment he faltered where he was just like you know considering giving it to the the son and then by the end of the episode like even legitimately saying that you know hey I had a moment of weakness but no i'm all about you and like you know there's we're watching the show we we know that it's probably not going to go that way uh but like i do appreciate his commitment and it, it's it's fun watching a, a king in game of thrones that is trying his best <laughs> like trying to do the right things and like it's just showing us that like you know sometimes even that isn't what the kingdom needs because like he's clearly like making some really stupid stupid calls especially when it comes to like how he's dealt with his brother these last couple of years. And I think that that's where the time jump kind of helps as well, like to Kevin's point. But I really liked that we we get this, the rivalry between Damon and his brother, right? But there's also respect, like clear respect between them in different ways. But the moment that Damon hears that his brother is coming with backup, he's like, now nah, fuck this, like, I get involved. Like, I love that character moment for him because I just love that it shows like how he's willing to be so hasty and throw himself and in, into a potentially a unwinnable decision. situation. Yeah. Terrible decision. And and more than that, like I feel like using the white flag surrender and then like betraying it is like such a betrayal that it's like he didn't want to do that. Like he's he's not a good dude, but like I get the vibe that that was like uh, him acting rational irrationally because he was like, I don't give a fuck. I need to win at this point. Like I no don't give a shit what I need to do to to do it. No holds barred. And like I like that because it's rare that we we've, we've seen that level of decision making in these shows. Usually there's a lot of plotting and like uh, understanding of exactly what the plan of attack is. Mm. But I think meet, I think in that moment I'm thinking. You know, he has the flag up, he's kneeling, he's bending the knee and sort of like giving up his arms or whatever. And in that moment, I'm like, what? What's the plan here? Because we keep on seeing the crab man look up and we're like, we're waiting for the dragons. Who's coming? Who's who's going to be like popping out of the clouds and suddenly he's like save the day or whatever. And that's what I expected. I expected the dragon to come out of nowhere, catch him by surprise. And it said he one man armies it the whole way. And it was just. It was shocking and amazing. Like, I haven't felt that in the Game of Thrones in such a long time. It was really, really well done. I, I was really blown away that, like, when he got sh shot by the arrows, like, I was like, oh, now the dragons are coming. Because they're, they're supposed to have, like, almost like a psychic connection with these dragons. Um, and then I was blown away when we got the sea mist or the, you know, the the other dragon. And I was like, these guys have two dragons. And they, they I'm, I'm shocked that they haven't won. So that's what I think is interesting. I was going to say this earlier, but um, they, I think, did a good job. Andy was saying this earlier about kind of like 
the tell don't show for this and so when the show moments happen it's really like incredible and they happen in quick enough succession of us watching these episodes that it doesn't feel too drawn out but like they kind of explain the little things and showing these little crab people kind of hiding in the little crab holes where that's how they've avoided all the the dragon fire and stuff and seeing the crab guy always retreat into that like little cave thing um i thought was like a really good exactly i thought it was like really cool symbolism in that way but then also just in terms of like oh that makes sense for why these beasts that seem to be unbeatable well, there is this one flaw that like they can't actually deal with. And that's why Damon has to go in. And I love that we don't even see him. Then he comes out and that final shot of him is just fucking incredibly cool. But it got me thinking, um, because like last week when we were talking about Crab Guy, when we were first kind of introduced to him, I was thinking like, oh, is it that grayscale stuff? Like, because I I remember that in the Valerian stuff, like there was the things and if they touched you, you get it, like that whole thing. And it was like, is that connected, whatever? And then, Andy taught me that no, the seahorse people's name's not Valerian. It just sounds like it. It's like that. That was the whole thing. So now I'm looking at this guy, and when you see the closer, closer shots of his face, is it just that he's been burned by dragon fire, like in these little hidey holes before? And like that's why he looks so burned. I thought he was burned by the sun. Just like, you know, being out there in the ocean all all day, being a pirate. well, I, I the feeling that I had got Tim was that they never really n- took they never took him seriously until it was too late. So I don't think he would have ever seen or been attacked by dragons because it's I feel like most of those intro parts are Corliss being like, "Yo, we gotta take this shit seriously," and then being like, "Ah, eh, it's just a fucking way." Like, no, the the triumvirate or whatever the fuck the triarchy which is a triarchy. really cool word so fucking cool really yeah. cool word but yeah tim did you notice that when he hid back in the when he hole. retreated back in the hidey hole yeah he kind of like walked back into the hole i wanted to point out the uh the sequence that we get when they go on that hunt and how happy i am that viserys doesn't die in one of these hunts because we saw one of these hunts before and robert baratheon fell off the thing and got gored by one of the the tusks of the boar or whatever um this sequence i thought was a little little on the nose right like you know we're we're waiting to find this white stag and we find one but it's not the white stag that we've been talking about this whole time. And then when the white stag does show up, it's it's like, I don't know. It, it's a little kind of formulaic, like the white stag only finding um, uh, Rhaenyra, I thought was like, OK, like you kind of have to do that. But also it's a little like we expected that to happen. I'm not surprised by the white stag finding her in those moments. Oh, no. yeah, yeah, it was kind I'm, of right kind of a. A moment out of like a Disney movie of like, yeah, oh, cool. There's it's like the, Harry the, Potter, like the, yeah. the, don't the fucking his dad uh, doing yeah. the thing in the forest. Oh, yeah, no, it I wasn't mean, that, was, that, was, that was cool. That was that was I mean, much that was cooler. Cool as fuck. Yeah, that was yeah. much cooler because it wasn't his dad. Yeah, um, it was him all along. Kevin. Yeah, her standing there with the the blood in her hair though, like she looked dope as shit. Mm. And, yeah, uh, her letting him live and all that. And yeah, it was so on the nose. But even like the the king not being able to kill not even the white one <laughs> like just the wrong thing and you just kept fucking it up and it's just like such good kind of like 
understanding of like these fucking people are incompetent, man. Like this, this king, like this is backing up what we saw in episode one of like these people haven't really been in wars. They haven't really fought. So it's like this dude can't even point blank, point blank with this dope ass fucking spear correctly kill this like deer that is like being held in front of him, you know? Also, can you imagine you just notice? how. Oh, sorry. Go ahead. Did you guys notice his fingers? No. Missing. Oh, I heard, I heard there was a mistake with that. Oh, really? They were gone. There was one shot we saw where he's holding something, and Paul had mentioned it, and I looked, and it's like both his fingers, his two fingers are gone. Is that when he's holding the spear that was made by... No, no, it was Jason. earlier. It was in his... Uh, Jason <laughs> Alexander. <laughs> it, was, it was in his room, I think. Uh, that's when... Uh, his wife's coming in here to like have a conversation and he's like drinking tea. It looks what like do, what do we make of the sequence where he eventually stabs this stag? What do we make of what they want the audience to feel and, and what they're trying to convey in those moments? Cause he, he misses the first stab. And it's like, yeah. Oh, sir, sir, it's on a little bit more to your left or whatever, a little more to your right. And goes I think it's what I was again. saying. Yeah. Is yeah. that just to is that just to show his his growing like weakness? Yeah. Well, I don't know. Okay. I don't. I don't know. That it's to show a growing weakness as much as like, yeah, he's not good at these things. Even when he's hold like this animal is held down, he it still takes him two tries to get it and right. And that's a great. And that's a great sort of parallel to the immediate next sequence in his younger brother just popping the fuck off on the battlefield. Yeah. yeah, and that's a great juxtaposition to but him we, screwing up this easy kill. We also have this like violent thing trying to kill. Um, uh, can't say her name. The princess Rhaenyra. Rhaenyra. Um, and what happens there? Because so that's actually what killed uh, Robert Baratheon, right? Yeah, it was right. Um, and the dude she picked saves her life. So right there, showing like. Hey, maybe she's a competent leader that knows how to make a good decision. And when it starts moving again, she immediately jumps on top and starts fucking stabbing, getting covered in blood. Cause like mm-hmm. she bad knows, CG there, by the way. You know, yeah, you yeah, can't, the they don't have a hundred million. Stuff. They don't have a hundred million. All the blood like splattering is like, man, this just looks like you're just putting some P and G's on the screen. <laughs> Andy, I, Andy I, I agree. She should have stabbed a real boar. But like, you yeah. know, there's nothing that can't be done. You know, it's too late Stuff for to that. Yeah. That's how Lord of the Rings would have <laughs> done do that, that $100 million. You got to do it in international waters to like yeah. just kill an animal live. <laughs> I'm always uh, a sucker for chess boards as like uh, explaining to us like where things are at. And Game of Thrones has always been great about it. But I love that this one, they literally had little crab claws to represent the, the crab people. I'm like, this is so fucking sick. Well, man. to be fair, that wasn't a chess board. That was one of those, uh, the, the battlefield. Yeah, that's maps. what I mean. Yeah, okay, okay. Yeah, yeah. Pretending like like I love when they like they use maps and shit and like pretend it's like chess is dope as shit. Um Do you the- think, Tim, that <laughs> Viserys uh, as drunk and as angry as he was, takes the advice from Lord Lionel? Which I love. I feel Lord Lionel's kind of becoming that uh master whisperers guy for me, where I just I dig his vibe. He seems to not be the one trying to vie for any positioning or anything like that. Sure, everybody's kind of got their motives behind the scenes, but I love that sequence where Viserys is just getting drunk off his ass and he's pissed off and he's angry at everybody, especially after uh, Lion Guy, uh, Jason, walks up to him and Thank like you. proposes all this shit. Yeah. 
Uh, but I love this Lord Lionel guy walking up and being like, hey, I have an idea. And he's like, well, what? Do you want me to, you, you want my daughter to marry your son? What the fuck? And he's like, no, 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 no. I think you should marry uh, Lenor or whatever from Lord Corliss. And that'll like strengthen the bonds even more. And in that moment, Viserys is like, man, I'm drunk and I'm mad right now, but sure. You know what? I'm going to walk right by you and not hit you over the face. <laughs> even though I yeah. felt like, that could have become a moment where Viserys is like, fuck you, and he tries to punch him. But I, I kind of like Lord Lionel's vibe, and I feel like he's kind of the most rational uh, and sound mind of a lot of these other kind of crazy people always vying for power. Yep. Well, I, I do like then that that led to a conversation that essentially was like him talking to his daughter, being like, hey, the, like our jobs are to do these smart moves. And that's where she was like, yeah, Allison wasn't the right call. And he was like, you're right, bro. You're right. Yeah. I love, love that he puts it on her. Like, I wonder who she's going to end up marrying. Like, they, there's so many possibilities, of, like, including her two-year-old brother, which is like, God damn, this fucking show. Yeah. But uh, it's I'm yeah. interested in, in what they're going to do, like how they're going to go forward from all this. Like, will we, is the next episode another time jump? Or like, when's that going to happen? But either way, I'm super interested. I love the way this episode started. We didn't even talk about that yet. But with the the dragon fire raining down on the um, stepstones, I think it's called, um, and seeing the the guy being like, the, the triarchy cunts, like, save me! And he gets stepped on. It's just like, holy the, shit, man. The symbolism behind that is so good, where it was like, uh, I'm getting saved, and it's like, bro, you are a pawn uh, yeah, in, yep. in a thing. But I love the the raining the arrows like coming down on the dragons and it just showed that like even though they have dragons it's like these crab people have the home field advantage like they know this area and they're they're not going to let these dragons kind of take over and then to have the time jump from that be to them talking about it it's like yo shit's not going well over there it's like I didn't expect it man like the show keeps me on, on my toes in a way that I'm so damn invested in if fiction has showed me anything though in any sequence when somebody's running through a section running through like a corridor and there's an explosion and the fire just like goes crazy through the corridor and it like and they jump out and the fire like extends throughout all of it them dragons just stick your long ass neck through those fucking holes and just like <laughs> blow it all out there's no way that they're gonna be super protected in there i don't believe it kevin i don't believe it i'm right I there with you don't Andy. believe it I especially don't believe it because this is one of the rare times in Game of Thrones that we see the dragon's fire just eviscerate somebody that's standing there on camera Dude. in the opening shot. I was like, oh, damn, that guy's gone. Like, there's yeah. no corpse left. <laughs> also, ironically, this is the, the dragon with the longest neck we've had. Like, bro, shove dude, it in there. Shove it in this there. This dragon, there, dude. Like, I, I again, we talk about how in Game of Thrones they kept on talking about these dragons aren't a fraction of what they're going to grow into size-wise. And the ones that we're watching Damon ride, the one that we're watching Damon ride, it's got those weird-ass leg. Yeah, it's deformation, like, so it has wings on its legs, too. Yeah, it almost looks like a, a sea serpent or like yeah, something. Yeah, when it like, goes, oh, it's so cool. It's it's not like any dragon that we've seen in Game of Thrones That's right, before. Yeah. We're, we're used to just seeing normal legs but it's kind of got these weird tail legs that look like a water creature or something like that they, they wanted to uh get the dragons to look very different so they've altered their color and some of mm. their like uh looks uh including the very elongated neck that the Damon's dragon has it's pretty rad yeah it's got a it's very very rad. long neck 
what is up with those little weird little leg tendrils? <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Yeah, no, it, it's Ooh. just he's just deformed. So he's the, that's why oh. he has that long neck and the weird little leg, like wet webbed legs, essentially. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Interesting. I do want to just go back to this again. There's no fucking cooler thing than sea smoke being the name of the dragon of the seahorse people. That is so rad. Yeah, it's really, <laughs> really badass. Go. Any final thoughts on Game of Thrones? House of the Dragon, Hot D, Episode 3. No, nope, they're show. killing it. Absolutely love it. I am so happy that this doesn't feel like another series that just seems to be cashing in i mean in a way it is <laughs> that like that is kind of why they made it because they want to make more money and it's a very profitable franchise but i'm glad that it is just as engaging as the past series was which is something i would have never expected yeah i was really worried about that too so like i'm i'm glad that it's like i'm i'm blown away at how into i this i am and i can't wait for more you know what i mean four more seasons let's do it <laughs> every every, every right episode, now. Kev's gonna add one more season here <laughs> to the show. <laughs> Let us know in the comments below what you thought of episode three of this show. Uh remember, subscribe to the screencast podcast feed or youtube.com slash kind of funny because we're gonna be doing all of the nerd culture shows the next couple weeks, the next couple months. You know what? For the rest of all time. Until then, though, I love you all. Goodbye. <laughs>